Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown show. A show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change. Today, we're going to vary a little bit from that as we remember and celebrate the birthday of Stephen Maglatt. Stephen was born in Bangor, Maine, but spent his formative years in Harlem and Buffalo, New York. He was drawn to civil rights and social justice struggles, working with sex workers, the homeless, and migrant workers. He also helped create outreach programs and investigated instances where farm workers were held as modern-day slaves, resulting in changes to state law. He attended the Parsons School of Design while working for the United Nations, assigned as a researcher attached to the UN Commission on Apartheid. He left school early to work as a graphics designer and art director for several major agencies. He moved on for a few years to Los Angeles in the early 1980s. He also lived as an expatriate artist for a few years in Amsterdam before returning to the U.S. He was a foster parent to two differently abled boys, taught special education classes, began a catering business, and served as the chief caretaker for the household. Stephen accepted a position with Men of Color Health Awareness Project, a Rochester, New York-based HIV AIDS prevention and case management program. He helped to open a Buffalo, New York office and assisted in the formation of a New York State Black Gay Network. While on vacation, he helped his friend Byron W. Brown put together a campaign for a New York State Senate campaign in 2000. He stayed on as director of research under Senator Brown, but decided to return to New York City in 2005 when Byron launched a successful campaign to become Buffalo's first black mayor. He continued his service to the New York State Senate and worked for Obama for America in 2008. Stevens served as board president of Ujima Theater and on the board of the Buffalo Caribbean Island Festival, the National Conference for Community and Justice, and the Faith Leadership Roundtable of the City of Buffalo's Commission on Citizens' Rights and Community Relations. He began the Ubuntu Priography Project after realizing so few resources paid tribute to the remarkable lives and contributions of same-gender-loving LGBTQ men and women of African descent. The project creates tributes to approximately 500, has created tributes to approximately 500 men and women from around the world and has more than 43,000 leaders. 
Every life story was lovingly researched and written by Stephen, and he formed lasting relationships with many of the people he featured. As his health and eyesight began to deteriorate in the months leading up to his death, he reached out to community members he trusted and asked them to help carry on the project. Among those he approached are my guests today, Andre Guess and longtime Ubuntu fan, Mark Zestovich. Gentlemen, welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. How are you both? Very good. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it was funny because um, I told you I was going to share my little story about him. And it, um, the last time I talked to Stephen was shortly before he passed. Right. And um, But we have met much like, like with many people. I had been at the Esteem Awards in Chicago. I made some remarks, which people said, you have to share the remarks. And Stephen reached out to me, and he said, you know, these are important. Everyone should have it on their refrigerator. And the rest was history. We continued a conversation over the years. When his mother became ill, I had just finished caring for my aunt. And I made his mom an Afghan. And after his mom passed, one day I called him just to check in because we got to be like that. And he told me, he said, I'm sitting here and I have the afghan wrapped around me and I'm just thinking about my mom because I can still smell her fragrance in it. And I knew exactly what he was talking about because I had had the similar experience. And so we talked back and forth. And often I would ask him to, like, you know, let me highlight you on one of my blog talk radio show, and he'd say, no, you should talk to so-and-so, you know. And, or he would call me and say, do you know this person? I'd say, let me, let me hook you up. <laughs> and we were always doing that. And when I talked to him, it was like I was moving from one show to another, and I was talking to him about it because part of what inspired me was his profiles of these people and how important it was to keep them going. And we talked. And I remember we talked that time because he talked about his failing eyesight and how he was feeling, but also his concern that the work wouldn't go on, but also the fact that he knew that there were people he was going to go talk to because it was so important to him that we continue to keep these histories and to know it. And you know, and at that point in time, and I'll tell you, many years it was like, you know, your birthday's coming up, Michelle. When are you gonna? When are you? When are you gonna give me your profile? And I, and I, oh, I'm busy. I'm gonna get it to you. And that time, that last conversation, he said, you know, when are you going to to give me your profile? And I said, I promise, I promise, I'm gonna do it this year. And I didn't. And and he was gone. So this year, as I was thinking about him and I had an opportunity to talk to you, I, I sat down and I did that profile. And I felt like, you know what, okay, Stephen, promise kept, you know, promise kept, you know. But I, I, I was inspired by him. And like I said, he was one of those people, like you said, that later as he, you, he did the profile, but then you became his friend. And it was genuine and it was sincere and you cared about him. I know that you, Andre, are the, the face, the face that has taken over the project. How did you get to know him, and how did that 
torch could pass to you? Well, you know, it, you know, definitely. I remember my days of meeting with Stephen. Is he also like yourself? He approached me about writing a bio, and I had the same response. You know, actually, my response was, you know, why me? I mean, I'm not famous or anything. Well, you know, why do you want me to write a bio? Because uh, you think of bios, you're thinking of you know somebody who's been in the news or you know or has a Wikipedia page or something. And I felt that all the stuff that I did was just something that I just did. Um, but you know he really pressed me, and um, you know finally I, I committed to it. But while guiding me through that process, that's when I really got to know who he was and the work he was doing, which really sp- spoke to you know something that was a passion of me of archiving. LGBT people of color experiences, recognizing that when you look around and you see all the, the the experiences of LGBT, it's often the white stories or, you know, the coming out stories, um, you know, about falling in love, about, you know, acceptance and being gay. The faces are usually not those of color. So what he was doing really spoke to something that I, I believed in. Um, and knowing that, you know, that think that kind of propelled him to make that ask about, you know, me taking over or at least participating in a way. And like you said, this is when he was about, you know, started to lose his sight. And so he was preparing to pass that torch. And, and when he was trying to talk to me about passing that torch, I looked at that flame and I was like, mm, I'll get burned. <laughs> that, that torch is too big for me. Because, you know, it, it, I knew something like that must have taken a lot of work. You know, it's something that you couldn't take lightly, um, not only because of the work, but also the importance of it. And I didn't know if I had that ability to carry out his legacy of what he was doing. So, you know, I, I got scared of that torch initially. <laughs> and, you know, so I said, I'll get, I'll get back to you. Um, and actually, the day... Um, I was going to give him a confirmation of a yes was the day that he had passed away. It was that very actual day. We, I was, we were supposed to have breakfast that morning, and um, I received a text from him that said, hey, I'm not feeling well, you know, I'm heading to the hospital. And we were to meet at the Starbucks, like, at 11. Uh, and so later on then, that's when... I found out the news that he had passed on. So it was ironic going the day that, you know, I was going to confirm was the day that he, uh, you know, transitioned. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I definitely feel that at this point, and definitely with me and Mark, we both are able to carry that torch and carry that legacy of his work and keep it going. Oh, wow. Um, you had... You- well, let, let let me bring Mark into the conversation. Mark, how did you meet Stephen? I never met Stephen, and that's the that's the irony of this whole project. Wow. I'm I'm actually getting to I'm getting to know him and learn about him uh, through the people that I, we're now following up with and interviewing and and doing updates with. And uh, you know, but I've been a fan of the page, the project for for a few years. I, every morning on the subway here in New York City, I would you know open up my iPhone and go right to that site. That was one of the first things I checked to see who was born that day. And I remember one day, I, this was after his death. I remember looking at a biography. 
and thinking, wow, I didn't know this person had passed. Mm-hmm. And, then it, and then my mind started going thinking, how many more people get lost in history and, and, you know, that we kind of forget about and their stories get lost. And then I started thinking about the project and how it had, had been dormant for, at that point, about two or three months. And uh, I, I don't know how the, the meeting came together. Andre and I have been friends for years now, and, I, and we had dinner together, and the, the idea came up again. And Andre said to me, you know, let's think about this. Can we really pull this off? And we had concerns, obviously. And, and the fact that, that Stephen did the project on his own, by the way, is miraculous. Yeah. We're doing it as a tandem, and we're struggling to get through it every day. It's a lot of work. The fact, the fact that he did it so lovingly and so meticulously by himself speaks volumes about, about how much he cared about the project, and more importantly, how much the accuracy and the stories of the people he profiled were to him. So we finally agreed that we were going to do this. And then the big decision was, all right, so you know, what roles will each of us have and when are we going to kick this off? And we, we had a few delays and, you know, we had a few plans like February for Black History Month that passed. We finally decided to relaunch the project uh, for Pride Month in June. So on June 20th of this year, we posted the first biographies that he had posted on June 20th in previous years. And that's how we've been rolling it out ever since. So every day we've been adding the biographies that he already did. Plus, Andre and I have been looking over new inductees, including yourself, uh, that we've added to the project since. So it's been, it's been a real project. Andre has been great about you know, staying ahead of the, of the curve and, and, and approaching people as their birthdays are coming up. And I've been kind of doing the day-to-day work of making sure the bios are edited properly and posted on our social media channels. So it's a real team effort. How he did it by himself, I'll never know. But, but, we, but the one, one final thing I want to say about Stephen, I didn't know him, but because we have all of his records and, and emails and files, I'm actually learning about who he was. And you're right about what you said before. He got to know every single person. Every email that I've read from him to other people shares some kind of story about his family or what he's going through in his life at that moment. He asked them what's going on with them. It wasn't just a form letter where he said, please send me your update. He actually knew what was going on in everyone's life at that time and was following up with them. So he was an amazing individual in that way. Andre, um, no pressure, right? I mean, because I know that as the word went out that he had passed, I mean, you saw all these posts. And then I was doing another show, and um, we had on that day on that guest was supposed to be Tim M. West, and we mm-hmm. had to take a moment, you know, because he and I were both sort of like shook by the news. So I know that you were talking about, you know, like no pressure there, but what did you? When, when you said, I'm going to do this, what was the feedback you got from people? Um, you know, it was, it was just like, and I know that Mark and File probably identified with this. Um, are you crazy? <laughs> 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 you know, don't you have enough to do? Um, you know, why? Or, you know, why? But then also, there was those who was really gracious. If anything, that was the most res- resounding reaction was that, you know, people were so appreciative that something that Stephen took so much and put so much into was not just disappearing just because he transitioned, that it was mm-hmm. still going to live on. And so, you know, even though inside, you know, you had these inner voices in your head like, oh, my God, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? I got this to do. I got this. To, how can I add this on? 
it, it, it's funny because it was like it it's now you know it's it's natural and it's you know it's something that now you know is becoming part of the process and and you also recognize that importance so yeah that was a feeling that i had before where it's, you know I'm a, it's like okay what are you doing but then as you see the re- reactions come in and you and you you feel the warmth of Stephen above you you you, rec- you know why you're doing this mm-hmm. so i gather you didn't have any chance for any in service did you realize how much he was doing like you said he was doing it all by himself oh, yeah, did you have yeah. any idea how much no you didn't i mean i don't know how like you know mark said i don't know how you know, he compiled this information because, you know, our, our firm, what Mark said, wasn't just sending out a, a form and just said, hey, your birthday's coming up, we want to profile you. It was having communication and dialogue with people and, and telling them, you know, that he liked, not only that they want to be included, but also getting reactions like I gave him of, you know, why, you know, do you want me to be part of this? And then him, you know, spending that time, you know, um, you know, affirming of why you should be in there. You know, it may not. It may have taken several phone calls. It may have taken several write-ups. You know, uh, several communications, because most people who are profiled don't really willingly want to do it at first. Because again, they don't want. To, they think that what they do is not that big of a deal. So, it does. It, it, it's a lot of work. You know. I know exactly because I mean, part of I think that the that the like you said. It, you do what you do. And I know yeah. that initially it was like, oh, I had the same thing that you did. Like, oh, why me? I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not, you know, that, that big time person. Do you, do you still find that when are you reaching, are people coming to you or are you reaching out to them? And do you still get that sort of moment where you have to channel Stephen to sort of say, no, this is why it's important? Yeah, you do. You you still get some people who, um, you know, I've even personally reached out to, and I call and I say, hey, we want to include you based on, you know, what you've been doing. And you get, you know, you send out the the template where they answer the questions, and you know, you get you get sometimes sometimes you get the pushback of, you know, of I don't know if I have the time or if you know I don't know why you you want to do me. But then now what I've started to tell people when I reach out to them is. You know, I, I say it's not about you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I say that because each biography <clears throat> is not just a, a biography to, to show off or, you know, to kind of celebritize somebody's, you know, uh, participation in the LGBT movement, but it's archiving our stories. And it's, it's setting in stone and setting a foundation not only for today, but even for future people who are growing up, so that people can see and hear. I mean, they can read the stories of people who look like them, you know, people who feel like maybe, hey, I could, they may read a bio and say, hey, you know what, I could do something like this. You know, the thing about Stephen and his bios is that it's not based on, you know, celebrities, you know, all, all celebrities. It's based on people who are in the community, people you probably see walking down the street and you know so it makes it more real so when people do have that hesitation you know I say you know your story is you know you said that you set a precedent where other people can be hopeful by what they're reading 
and knowing that as a person of color who may be struggling with their own identity or trying to figure out what they can contribute or try to find their own place in the world, your story is being part of that tapestry where it's creating this, this beautiful blanket um, of our lives. So, yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, when I share that, you know, I hope we get more buy-ins, but there are some people who still hold off. But if anything, that's why I want people to recognize that the biographies are not just to, you know, put out there, but it's also to to preserve who we are as LGBT people of color. Michelle, if I could just add that, I think one thing Andre and I have done very deliberately, and mm-hmm. this and Stephen did this as well, is we're very respectful of, of people and their oh, yeah. stories. Um, mm-hmm. We will never like push someone to uh, reveal or to to keep something in that they want removed. Yeah. Um, we try to always convince them to, that their story is important, of course, that it should be told. But you know, ultimately, we just say we can readdress this next year. We'll come back to you and see if you feel differently next year. But also, you know, remember Stephen left us this. Whole whole uh, collection of biographies already written. So all we really have to do is just add updates to each person, uh, whether living or dead. Sometimes even people who have passed already have maybe were honored at a museum or there's been something going on in, in, you know, to, to honor them. So we add that at the end. And then we've added some new biographies. I, I don't have a count, but probably we've added already maybe 20 or so. And we anticipate that Stephen left us 500 or more biographies, we could easily be surpassing, you know, um, several hundred more by the time we get done. But we always respect people's wishes. We actually have removed a biography or two at the request of the person's story. So uh, we do respect them a great deal. And that was very important to Stephen. That's the one thing you learn about him when you read through his emails. He always made sure that he was accurate, that everything was vetted properly, and that the stories that were finally published were exactly what the person wanted to say. Now, you know, one of the things that, that, and, you know, and giving me some information, you talked about how his family gave you access to his files did his family get it? Were they protective of those files? And were they like like holding them in a safekeeping until hoping that, you know, you, Andre, or and Mark would step forward to, to continue this project? You know, it, it's, if I speak about his family, um, it, I speak of the family with part joy and part sadness. And it's, and I think Mark, I mean, Stephen's, you know, relationship, which I don't know too much, but I know from what happened during his last couple of days was there was a, a sadness piece of it um, based mm-hmm. on, um, you know, his family. I didn't realize that he was not that close with his family. Mm-hmm. And it spoke to me as somebody, you know, who have family members who have not accepted him fully for being gay. And so as... You know, as it relates to, you know, us getting access, you know, his family, I I wish I could say that his family was saying, hey, we want his legacy to live on. Um, We want his story to live on. It was basically a a story of, hey, we don't know what to do with this stuff. If you want it, you can Mm -hmm. have it. Mm -hmm. And which is real sad, but... You know, if anything, it also speaks to the fact that sometimes your family is not a blood. That is oh, your, yeah. It's your community. So definitely grateful that, you know, his brother, 
you know, even though his brother didn't know me from Adam, <laughs> he didn't know me, you know, he only knew me based on the fact that, you know, I was finally able to get in contact with him on the phone and say, hey, you're, you're, you're you know, and break the bad news about Stephen. Um, he, he saw something in me that allowed him to share, you know, Stephen's computer and, and, you know, access to his belongings, which definitely, if that didn't happen, I couldn't tell you where the project would be right now. Mm -hmm. Stephen left behind some 8,000 files, by the way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that you did that because, you know, in talking to him, community was his family. Once we were talking and, um, and we were talking about the project and he was talking about his life in the community. He was talking about Harlem. He was talking about, and we were just having this conversation. And then he said, you know, I'm not black. Oh, yeah. and, I'm going like, <laughs> and I'm going like, you know, it hadn't even dawned on me. But in talking about what he was seeing, his community, his family, and the people, what had influenced his life, I'm going like, well, you know, are you sure? <laughs> are, are, you, are you sure? Because there was that acceptance, that welcoming, and that him being a part of the whole community, but also and that and that mindfulness of it. Because a couple, one of the first time that I wanted to have him come on a show to talk about Black History Month, he was very mindful of the fact. He said, "Well, you know what? He gave me the name of someone else, and he said." that, well, I don't know how people would feel about me talking about the black community because I'm not black. And I said, I don't really see it as a problem, but he was very mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, I can speak to that, if, and, and Mark, I might embarrass you a little bit, but... Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, and I had, the, and I had that same reaction with Stephen because, I, you know, I was speaking to him and thought I knew him and we were talking about justification one time and, and we were going to like, you know, talking about the black experience in Harlem and he just finally he said, yeah, we should do this, we should do this we should, you know, speak out against this and he said, you know, but you know, I'm not I'm not uh, black, right? And I had my little huh? <laughs> <You know? laughs> because he was speaking so passionately and he was so invested and he was, and you know um, he, 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 he he knew all the concerns and everything about, you know, the black experience and the black lives. And so, you know, but like you said, you didn't see color, you know, with him. And especially after he said that. And so stepping into this, Mark, you know, he had some hesitancy because, mm-hmm. you know, being white, you know, and, you know, who is who is he as a white person to tell the stories or to you know, tie together the stories of the LGBT people of color and how would that be seen? And, you know, and, and I know I shared with them is that, you know, that, you know, when it comes to telling stories, there is no color. It's the fact that you're, you're an ally, you know, and you're mm-hmm. part of the team, you're part of the community, and you're helping to pull together all these, the richness of who we are. And in, in that aspect, there is no such thing as black and white, yellow, or whatever. You know, you're one of us, your community. And so, you know, that's why so I'm, that's why I'm glad that Mark is on because I think in a bigger picture, it shows that you know we can work together to tell our stories and to preserve our stories and to archive our histories. And uh, 
But I think, you know, with Mark, he'll probably tell you, yes, I am white. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, Michelle, you've, you've seen the form that we send out to, uh, to, to ask questions for the interview. And we allow the, the, the subjects to pretty much, you know, they have carte blanche to write what they want. So these aren't our words, not my words or Andre's words that, are, that you're seeing on the final page. These are literally constructed from the answers and the quotes that the honorees submit. So, you know, the only thing that we really decide is, you know, what needs to be updated and also who to add. And I think, you know, Andre and I are very, first of all, we're not strangers to the communities that we cover, obviously. And so we know people already and those people know people and those people know people. So, you know, I think we have a really good sense of of who our, our, our you know, our readership is and who deserves to be profiled. Um, and yeah, I'll just quickly just say that, you know, one of the things that I was shocked to learn the same thing about Stephen. I looked at photos of him and he was kind of ambiguous. I couldn't tell what he was. And because he, first of all, he didn't take many photos at all. You know, if you can find three or four of them, we're very, very lucky. But you know, the ones that I did see, I, I did, certainly couldn't tell anything about his background. Um, and uh, the one thing I need to say about this topic is after he had passed and there were tributes pouring into him from the black community, they called him their brother. Mm-hmm. Both those who knew that he was white and those who did not. That's the way they looked at him. And that's the way they respected him, regardless of who, who he was or his background. Well, at that point, we're going to take our first break here, and um, I want to come back and talk a little bit more about Stephen and then also about the project. So you are listening to Collections by Michelle Brown. Today we're doing a very special show celebrating the birthday of and remembering Stephen Maglott, and we'll be right back. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. Well, we're back with Andre and Mark. You know, I think that there's one of the things how you said like he is, he's like your brother. Because like I said, there was a way that sometimes when you would talk to him, it was just like that connection. You know, it was just that connection that you would make that really didn't talk about race or class. You know, it was just like, hey, you know, like to be able to talk to him, I I understood how he was feeling about his mother and the thoughts and and that that went through his mind that which were really complex but you know but they also transcended race and i think that often i think that that's what he was able to do with the project that not just to you know because often and i think the the importance of the project because we see so many things about the white gay community but the fact that 
the African American, the people of color, that um, from all walks of life, how we have always been the fabric of. You know, we've always been right there doing it, but those stories were left behind. In reading and knowing him and talking, you know, particularly you, Andre, because you did know him and talked to him, but in reading and the emails and stuff, what did you, what got him started doing this? Was um, there any one incident? You know, yeah, I don't, I, I wish I, I could say what that really was uh, that got him started, but I know we had a conversation similar around, around, around this, and then you actually touched upon it, is the fact that, you know, black, you know, I mean, black people in general have been so much part of America's history, but yet you open up any kind of book, and it's like, you know, we wasn't there. Uh, I mean, you look at the movie Hidden Figures, where... Mm-hmm. You know, now in 2016, so many of us, even us, was you know surprised to recognize that there was black people involved with the the first you know man walking on the moon because our stories are just being stripped away. And I remember we had a conversation, you know, centered around you know a little bit about his his beginning of thinking of creating this project. And one of the things I remember that stood out was Stonewall, you know, and mm. like, and even today Stonewall is held up as you know, the gay movement, you know, the beginning of the gay movement. and But what's missing is that, you know, it was primarily Stonewall involved people of color who were part of that movement. But yet Stonewall is seen as the white gay movement and our history and our sacrifices and our, and our fights during that, that day were totally erased. And I remember how he spoke out against that. It's like, you know, we're, you know, black people are always being erased from everything that, you know, they contribute to in history. And it, it is taken over and it's put through a white lens where all of a sudden now, you know, that, that history is being reframed as a, as a, as a white history. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're no longer part of that history. So I believe that that was part of why you know, that got him started of doing this project was to make sure that we can start being part of that history and not being lost. Michelle, if I could just read his own words uh, describing sure. why he started it. Um, and this can be found on our website. We can talk about that in a while. But uh, he wrote that the Ubuntu Biography project was, project was born out of a desire to tell the largely untold stories of LGBTQ men and women of African descent yeah. and to celebrate their remarkable contributions to our world. These are created in the hope that they will serve to educate and empower the whole community while they give same gender loving trans men and women of African descent ample reason to find pride in who they are and divine strength in the dynamic and loving community they are connected with. And then he goes on to say that, you know, Ubuntu is a Nguni Bantu term of Central and South Africa that literally translates as humanness. A more common interpretation of its meaning translates as I am because we are. It is an mm-hmm. empowering affirmation of humanity's interconnectedness and of our collective responsibility to cherish one another. It links each of us to our desire to live and love freely, our shared interest in our creative and spiritual connections and in humanity's common lineage to African ancestry. And he concludes by saying, these biographies of remarkable men and women illuminate the story of our humanity through shared experiences, familiar hopes, our abundant love, our unique passions, our resilience in the face of challenges, and a common desire for community. And that's from Stephen's um, you know, own 
typewriter, pen, whatever he wrote with, we still not mm-hmm. sure. But, you know, one of his friends, Terry Noonan, uh, who we have a chance to talk with as we've been relaunching this project, she described this project as Stephen's soul work. And I think that's the mm-hmm. best phrase I've heard to describe exactly what this meant to him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and, and I, I, I agree with that because, you know, I know that as he was talking about how his eyesight was failing, and that seems like more so than like, yeah, it was slowing down his mobility, his ability to work, his ability to go, but more so was like, would he be able to continue to do this work because his eyesight was, was failing? And it was like, you know, you think your eyesight's going, okay, being able to get around, having to do like that, but it was like about doing this work. Mm-hmm. And it also, you know, he was strong, but there were, there could be a softness to a, a vulnerability. And that moment and talking to him when he was telling me about his eyesight going and about his concerns about that work, I sort of sensed this vulnerability. I mean, it was almost like that person that you just wanted to go and just sort of put your arms around and sort of say, it will be okay. You know, we'll find a way to make this, this go. Andre, when, as you were seeing his concerns about his health, how much did that, I mean, did that, I know, I know that sort of like moved you forward in doing it, but I know that you were thinking like, oh, you know, this is just too much. This is a lot of stuff to do. But did you feel not an obligation but wanting to, you know, continue this? You know, it's so funny because right when you were asking that question, I, I was going to try to finish it right before you you, you asked because uh, because it did. Um, and it wasn't out of pity, um, it, but mm-hmm. it was more of seeing him out of strength because no matter who you are as a grown adult, you know, the, ask for help is one of the most hardest things to do, you know. Um, and I'll never forget our one of the meetings that we had at the coffee shop and you know he his eyesight was bad um and i asked him you know you know was he okay going to the train and i didn't want to you know put him in that role of you know you need to help yourself no i'm fine brother you know i got it mm-hmm. and so i walked on but i had turned back and i'll never forget him kind of like reaching out to kind of guide himself to where he needed to go and mind you this is new york city I cannot. Mm-hmm. I need all my senses aware just to walk down 125th Street, <laughs> which where we, where we were at. And for me, I'll never forget that image. I think he had touched a pole. He had almost run into a pole. And um, you know, and I, I ran up back and, and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going this way." And so I walked with him. Um, but it was that little moment that also just showed me again his strength. Um, you know, and that. If by him even just concentrating on having us, you know, do the project and making sure it, it proceeds, oh, good night. it shows that, um, you know, maybe for any other person, if my eyes were going bad and I knew I couldn't see and I was going to be in a world of blindness, you know, having a project like that, that'd be the last thing on my mind, you know, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be the the first thing. But for him, that was a big priority for that to continue and so he was so self you know you know he was really it, it showed his compassion it showed his leadership it showed the strength again that he had so yeah i mean um i know that 
by seeing that one moment that really did make an impact on part of my decision making. You know, because that's what as I was listening to him, and he was telling me about it. What I heard was was this love, oh, the yeah. love for what he was doing, yeah. the love for for highlighting that community, and it was like so powerful. And that this was, you know, something that that was that he wanted to see live on because he was so passionate about it. And you know, it was just like. And almost like, and I said, but you know, I tried to focus for a minute, like, well, but, but how are you feeling? He, I'm all right. I can't go and do this as much as I used to, and I have to be a little careful about that. But not me. T-. And then he went back to the project. Mm, yeah. yeah. And he wasn't getting paid. That's a lot of people. <laughs> I know. I he was, know. He was not getting paid a dime. This was out of all his commitment, his time, and not a cent was coming his way. So. For the two of you, when you got these files, you know, and I mean, you're talking about what you say, 800 files. You got 8, all these files. Eight thousand files, and you got it. I mean, did you? Saw, and I know, but part of it, like you said, whatever was published that the year before, you said we're going to do that. But how did you? And knowing, not really knowing, because it wasn't a textbook. He did it all himself. How yeah. did you organize this work? Well. Yeah, the first thing we did was we created a spreadsheet of all of everyone's birthday, and we and and we got that information from like various sources. One was his emails. Uh, the other was um, his actual posts that he had done on social media, and also his own records uh, that were organized by month uh, for each person. So we were able to you know, create the spreadsheet. The biggest challenge we had, uh, unfortunately, was that, you know, you may know this, but when you pass, your Facebook page turns into a legacy page. And once it becomes a legacy page, nothing can be posted to it or, um, or, or taken down unless he had given permission for someone to do that. And that was not the case to my knowledge. But, but the other fact of that is that once your legacy page goes up, any other page that was attached to it that you had set up becomes um, taken down. And unfortunately, that was his uh, Ubuntu Biography Project Facebook page. Had we had all of that information, which obviously was 2016 bios through his passing in August, we would have had pretty much up-to-date files. What we ended up with instead were, uh, was a hodgepodge of some files were 2013, as the last update, some were 2014, some were 2015. So it's been a challenge to kind of recreate these in a way that stayed true to his initial um, words. Um, and in, but in some cases, we had to, quite honestly, recreate a biography based on what we had seen from his files. So that's been an, a, a huge challenge in trying to get um, these biographies posted. And, and the other thing, too, is, of course, we started this on June 20th, but we just pretty much just started it. We did not, you know, pre-write or pre-post six months' worth of posts to cover us through the whole year. We've been doing this piecemeal every day, every week, every month. So it's been, it's been a little bit of a challenge, quite honestly. And, you know, we've had to find photos. Uh, some people may not like their photo from two years ago. You know, <laughs> they may have gained weight or lost weight, and they want a new photo. So we've had to make sure that everything was true to his spirit, but also that it moved the project forward, which is important. We didn't want stale 
information to be on the site that looked like it was written three years ago. We had to make sure that they were that it was current. So I think the spreadsheet was the first thing that we had to do to make sure that we were, you know, organizing something in a way that we could look at it and see, okay, here's where we are. We have this coming up this week. Uh, you know, this person's bio is done. This person's is not done. You know, this photo still needs to be gotten. It's 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 been a, it's been a little bit of of a, of a system, but it seems to work so far. And and one thing that we are doing that Stephen didn't do as much. I believe he had a Twitter page, a Twitter site, and he also had the Facebook page. He did not have a website, um, and he did not have Instagram. So one of the things that we have done in the social media world of today is we've we will wish someone a birthday, a happy birthday on their day if we don't have a bio yet written. So if the bio is not written or it needs to be updated, we haven't heard from them in time, we'll still do a little shout out to them on social media. And then once we get the information that we need, we can then post uh, the bio to the website where you'll find the entire collection of biographies that we have done so far. Now, I noticed that um, in the interim, like periodically you would see, like I know on the G listed, sometimes they would show somebody's birthday and like that. Is that like a coordinated effort? Were, were there other people who were trying to pick up pieces of that mm -hmm. going on? Yes. Yeah, so the G listed is, is hosted by Wadey Grant. And mm -hmm. uh, Wadey was one of the people that we met with as well in the beginning of this process to relaunch the, um, the site and to relaunch the project. In fact, it's his, uh, it's his uh, logos that uh, he created for the, uh, for the relaunch. Uh, and so Wadey um, had been posting the biographies um, from the time of Stephen's death. Um, and he told his readers that he would post them through uh, the middle or the summer of 2017 this year. So, yes, he was picking up the uh, mantle in the, in the meantime, uh, posting it to his site until we all got together and we agreed that we were going to relaunch the site. And, um, and then we took it over. And, and that, that's where the, the genesis of, of the June 20th date. Mm -hmm. So the 8,000 files, was it in boxes or what? I mean, did you all come up? Did you all show up at, at Andre's house and you put okay, the boxes yeah. and somebody broke out the laptop and you started, you know, punching yeah. numbers? Well, thank God for technology. I mean, thank God for uh, Stephen and the way he kept his records. That it was all on a, a, a flash drive that you could fit in your hand. Oh, wow. And, um so you, yeah, and so even with those flash drives, he had all the files, that, and he had a lot of them uh, separated by months, so it mm -hmm. made it a little bit easier. Yeah, but, yeah. We, we couldn't even access the, the flash drive for a, for a while. I think yeah. Andre had to call in like uh, some top um, top uh, crack officials from around the country yeah. to to crack the code to get in there. Seriously, we could not get in, yeah, um, and that delayed the project as well. We finally got the files accessed and were able to uh, download them and uh, and see what he had. So. What, okay, have you developed a process moving forward? I know that you said, did you want to take the people who he had and, like, update it mm -hmm. and then start to add new people? What type of – I don't know. I know that he didn't really have, like, strict criteria. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, well, you have to, you know, be on, the, on TV and all like that. But have you set any criteria – are you reaching out to people, or is it a two-way street? You'll reach out to people, but if someone sends something to you, does it go both ways? Yeah, I mean, I know that we've, we've, we've started the foundational criteria. We're still uh, developing it, but I know one of our, uh, one of our
four main criteria is that to be in it, you know, it's somebody who's comfortable, who is, um, you know, who is out. So we definitely don't put nothing up there if somebody is not out. So if somebody, um, you know, um, suggests somebody, but that person has not ever ever publicly, you know, said that they're out, we don't we don't do that. Um, and also, you know, it's again not built around celebrities, but also just the body of their their accomplishments in the LGBT field. And even that, you know, if somebody has, you know, that doesn't mean that you have to write a book or be published or be on TV. You know, you could be a community member who has, you know, fought for certain rights or, you know, have a voice in some type of movement or have, you know, done some platform. And in that aspect, we're also still defining, you know, what that looks like, but we also are creating a process where people can also um, suggest people that we can profile. And we also want to just make sure that it's, um, it's you know, everybody's represented. So I know that me and Mark are two guys who are putting this together, but we also want to make sure that lesbians you know, uh, by transgender, you know, so we want to definitely make sure that the whole LGBT is represented and not just a G. And we've also made an effort to, um, and Stephen did this as well, expand uh, the geography of the project uh, to include um, other countries, um, especially in Africa, where um, there, are, there are many activists who are working on the ground every day in places uh, like Uganda um, who should be recognized for the work that they do. And some of them have been forced to live in other countries like England or uh, Sweden. Uh, they're in exile. Um, so, you know, it, these are the important people that, that we need to acknowledge. Um, um, for the work that they do. Um, and, and going back to what Andre said about uh, being out, you know, that goes for people who, have, who are deceased as well. You know, uh, you know, you can read a lot online and find any number of comments that, you know, this person was gay. And, but if they never publicly stated it themselves or there's no actual physical evidence of it, either in writing or some other kind of audio transcript, we generally err on the side of not doing that profile. Yeah. Um, and we've and we've run into that uh, under you know s several people already. Um, I remember Nell Carter, for example, the actress from Give Me a Break. Uh -huh. um, it wasn't discovered that she had a partner um, until after her death, um, and then she left um, her in the, her will the custody of her her children to to her partner. Um, if we had written that that if we were if we were given the opportunity to write her biography while she was still alive, we might not be able to publish that biography based on the information that we had at the time. But now, in hindsight, we can. Um, so it, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a judgment process on our part. We have to weigh how much evidence there is out there, um, and, and we try our best to make sure that we're respectful of people's memories as well. Yeah, and Mark also said something that's real important. Um, a, lot, a lot of people may not know about the biographer project is that uh, the biggest audience also is in the Caribbean and in Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a, he has a huge following uh, mm. of people following the, the biography project, you know, which is shows his reach. You know, it's not just here in the United States. You know, it's, it's definitely international. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I think if anything, even in Africa, in those places where you know your sexuality, especially being gay, is so repressed and criminalized and victim, you know, where you can literally die. You know, that you have people who are reading these stories and being inspired that, hey, there is somebody, I may not ever want, 
want to be an activist. I may not ever want to be a celebrity. I may not ever want to do these things. But there's somebody who looks like me who says I'm gay. So, you know, that, that also, again, points to how, you know, the Biography Project has such a significance, not just here in, in the United States, but also across the world. And conversely, we have to be very careful not to inadvertently or, or purposely, not that we would do that, out someone in countries where it is dangerous to be out. Um, you can imagine the, the repercussions from that. So we are very careful to make sure that we have the person's permission and that they are comfortable with everything that we're saying about their life. Oh, yeah, because, you know, I, would, I had talked to some people who are part of an asylum project, and, you know, they had come here, but basically, although they were here trying to get asylum because they were, they were gay, that even at home, that their family could be prosecuted because they knew and didn't turn them in. So, I mean, I can understand how that's doing. But, you know, that's interesting that you were saying how, you know, he has this large uh, following in Africa and the Caribbean. I was um, just this week talking to a, a, at a center for LGBTQ youth, and many of them were sort of like, well, you know, they didn't know. You know, I was talking about Ruth Ellis, and she said, this young lady, she said, well, I didn't know about it until, you know, and not knowing that we have this rich history. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. how do we... Yeah, but she also said that she wanted to grow up, and I said, well, what do you want to be, you know, when you're a doctor? She said, I want to grow up and be an activist, and I want to make change. But we have people who are living right here. How do we make information like what's in the project accessible to LGBTQ centers, particularly ones that deal with communities of color, to maybe sort of get them engaged with so that, I, I mean, how can you know where you can go if you don't know where you've been? And that was sort of sad. You know, here's somebody who's, you know, she didn't know. Yeah, yeah Andre and I call this the end game, uh, which, we, we, which we've talked about as part of this process of rolling this project out again, is what is the end game? Meaning, what do we want this to lead to? And, you know, one of the things that uh, Stephen made very clear in his writings and in his conversations with people was that he envisioned a couple of things. One of them was a book. Um, he, he wanted to p- maybe pick 200 profiles uh, of people that, you know, a diverse group of people that would go into a published book. And that was one of his dreams. And, and we are definitely excited about that. And we're looking at that. The other one was he, he was actually already in the process of doing this. He wanted to partner with, um, with an institution, either a university uh, or a Schomburg Center, something of that nature that would be able to figure out a way to do exactly what you just said. How do we take this material and present it in an interesting, interactive way that that young people, especially because they're a little bit more tech savvy and like things a little more visual, generally speaking. Um, How do we make this information accessible to people so they can learn the history that you mentioned? Um, And those are two of the big dreams that Stephen had. And I think if I think Andre would agree that really that's what we really want this to lead to is what he wanted. Yeah, because he knew it was all. It could be bigger than what it was. He knew that there was an audience that was not being able to reach, you know, what he was putting out, and so he kind of set that 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 template. And with that, you know, what me and Mark 
you know, as part of Stephen's, you know, dream is to help make that a reality where it's going beyond the Facebook, where it's now going beyond, you know, where it's more accessible to not only young, but, you know, everybody and um, able to broaden his work and his reach. Now, I know that you said that now you have the web page. Are you finding, I mean, have and it's early, I know, but mm-hmm. have you been able to start to see that going like from, oh, the daily post on the, on the Facebook page to people starting to look at the web page? Yeah, we, I mean, we've been active now, what, uh, th- almost three months, so from June 20th to now. So, um, you know, it started out like any pro- any project. Again, I mentioned before about the Facebook page was uh, was deactivated that he had created. So we had to start from scratch. Um, and, you know, as of today, um, our website has 2,915 visitors, which we think is pretty good. That's about 1,000 visitors per month um, to the website. And our Facebook page, I believe, has some 3,500 um, um, fans at this point. Um, our Instagram hit 300 today, um, and our Twitter is at, I believe, a 220, I believe, at this point. So we're really happy with, you know, what we had so far uh, in terms of just being three months. Um, and, and the website is really important, in, in our opinion, because, you know, no matter what happens to social media channels come and go, uh, the website will be a permanent repository of these biographies until such time as we're able to do something else more with them that we've spoken about before on a larger scale. Um, but, you know, we think between the, the website and the social media for the time being, we have enough different avenues for people to turn to to view the material. Yeah, and what Mark mentioned with the numbers and the stats, that's without a marketing budget. There's no yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah we, we, uh-huh. no just, just like Stephen, we don't, we, don't, we don't make any money from this whatsoever. Yeah. And, um, and even the website, you know, we set up at our own expense. Uh, and, um, yeah, we, we don't have a marketing budget. We rely on people to pass the word around in their social yeah. media circles um, and to get the word out. And we should also mention that as part of Stephen's birthday celebration uh, this month that we are going to, um, you know, do, a, do another push to people, let them know that, Here's who Stephen was. Um, here's the project that he created. And for the first time, we're going to be posting his uh, full biography, which he would not have approved of, I would imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he, he resisted it a great deal. Um, but there was one written uh, uh, about him, uh, and um, we're going to publish it uh, you know, for everyone to read. Oh, I'd love to read that. Andre, um, you're the face. Okay. <laughs> you are the face. That's, that's, my, that's my word for Andre on this. He's the face. I'll accept it. I was fine. I'm the wizard okay. behind the curtains. You know, don't, look, don't look at the wizard behind the curtains. Yeah, yeah, you know. I'm Dorothy, I guess. I'll call <laughs> but, 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 you know, but the more that you know about, about him, you know, in my mind, I see that the time is going to come that, you know, his story needs to be told. You oh, know, yeah. who is this person? You know, I at some point in time see a documentary of some sorts and, uh, and or of you being asked to come someplace and talk about this project. So do you see those kind of things coming up? I mean, as you look at it or, you know, are you, or do you look at it and go like, oh, no, okay, I'm just trying to get through all this stuff right now. <laughs> you know, you know, but, but do you do you long term sort of see that this story, not only Stephen's story, but the importance of collecting these, is something that you need to you might at some point in time be called upon to be 
out and about talking about. Yeah, you know, and it's so funny that you say that. And I do not get nervous when I think about it because, you know, I'm like, I want to I wanna go hide behind a curtain with Marcy. Move over. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and I say that because, you know, even when I talk about Stephen Dirt, you know, I feel humble because there are people in Stephen's lives who know him more than I ever did, you know, who could provide more chapters, more depth of who he was, you know. Um, and so sometimes I don't feel like I have that uh, right to, you know, talk about his life. Um, but then I know based on my interactions with him, you know, I, I, I got to know him so well in the time that I was able to, you know, get to know him. Um, and I do feel like his project will, you know, definitely reach another level, which will bring more attention. And I hope it does because, you know, it, there is such an importance of, you know, um, creating that archive, you know, and I, and I hope that what we're doing is throwing that rock, you know, in the water and it's creating a ripple. And that ripple is creating other people who are getting inspired to start sharing their stories and to start, start archiving histories in other places. You know, especially as it relates to, uh, you know, people of color. Um, you know, and, and again, it's, you know, but when I think about the bigger picture, you know, I'm, it does, it's only a fleet moment because mm-hmm. I know that right now it's about getting out these pro- the profiles, you know, on a daily basis and making sure that, you know, the you know you're sending out the requests that, and and letting people know hey we want to feature you and and in fact Saturdays are my days when you know I, I do the reminders to people <laughs> so you, you you also don't want to get too lost in the big picture and, mm-hmm. and and start working on what you have right now and making sure that that's solid and that that's um, what Steven wants and that the quality is there and I think that that's something that you know myself and Mark have been able to do for right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I, I certainly, you know, because just like I have, I have my Stephen stories, and I know that a lot of people have oh, their yeah. Stephen stories. Yep. And I, I can imagine too that I mean, here you're picking this up and doing it, and somebody will who maybe like you said knew him longer or whatever oh, yeah. might go like, well, did you know this about him? And yeah. and no, you didn't. But it I seems think. like to me you knew, you got the essence. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I feel comfortable in saying that. I did. And also, you know, you know, there was, we, we got a chance to hang out, so it wasn't just, you know, through emails and stuff. It was like meeting up, and, and you know, this is over like a few years of getting to know him. You know, so I did. I, I got that ability to really, you know, like you said, you know, get that, know the essence of who Stephen was. Now, Michelle, I feel like I did knew, know him uh, in a weird kind of a way, <laughs> reading, reading through his material. But I, but I should say that now that I'm in this position, I wish I did. Yeah. Um, you know, I think especially it's interesting how, you know, two white guys can get together and, and sit down and talk about this project and, and how we view it. And, and something that we understand in terms of, you know, what our role is and what our role is not. Um, so I think I, we would have had some great conversations about the, the, not only the project, but topics in general. You know, I, 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 his Facebook page is still active. His personal Facebook page in, in memoriam is still active. You can go through it. And, and you just read it. This, the project was just one part of his life. But every single day, he posted about something of, of importance, some yeah. issue, uh, especially with communities of color. He really 
he was he it was more than just lip service he actually got involved in the things that he that he uh, supported um i think that that puts him on a different level um he just wasn't someone who sat behind a keyboard um and you know just just spouted off he he actually got involved any and we should also mention that one of his policies for this project was that he would make sure that to the best of his ability that he would reach out personally to every single person he profiled, wow. which is incredible. Oh, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. obviously, there's a celebrity level of people that you may not have access to, but I, he tried. He tried, oh, no. whether it was their PR uh, team or he made an effort every single time to make sure that the person had a chance to at least review what he had written, make edits, make corrections, and, and have communication with him. It was incredible. Yeah, and he had the opportunity to put his name in front of the project, you know, the Stephen Magler yeah. biography project, but it wasn't about him. Mm-hmm. It was about everybody in the community, but it was never about him. We made it. We made it about him uh, as as a tribute to him. We thought it was important that his name yeah. go onto the project permanently, because um, yep. we never want anyone, and we certainly don't assume this, that this project is ours at all. We, yep. you know, it, it's you know, I, like like Andre says, we just try to do the, what we have to do every single day to get by to get to get these, this out there. Um, we would never pretend that it's anything but his project. Yeah, even today, if you ask me about the the project. It was. It's, the, it's still Stephen's project. You know, mm-hmm. we're carrying out his wishes, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's about him and that wish to definitely profile the, the LGBT community of color. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to take our second break here and um, come back and finish up this. I mean, I don't think we could, we'll ever be finished with Stephen because I think that we're going to learn more and more about him as we learn more and more about our community. But we're going to take our our second break here, and um, we will be right back celebrating and remembering Stephen Maglott. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. And we're back with Andre and Mark. You know, one of the things, too, about it, and, and, you know, and I've talked to, like I said, when he passed, you heard from so many people. And the thing was, it was like they all were like they knew him or like, because I know I have been in New York and I, I you know, I'd say I'm going to be coming through New York, you know, and he'd say, well, let's see if we can work something out to have coffee or something. And other people said that thing, you know, you know, it's like it was like a community. It was like. Yeah, you might have met him through the project, but it was like, like you said, he contacted people where you really felt that it, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm putting this together, you know, next, you know, that it was a labor of love. Yes. Um, do you feel any pressure to 
continue that kind of linkage, like to, to make those personal connections, to, to keep that community going? Yeah, I'll just I'll just do a little a little joke here, and I, I'm sure Stephen wouldn't mind if I mentioned this. Yeah, we did we did a tribute to him on, on the day that he passed, uh, August 13th, and we had people uh, send in their um, their uh, tributes to him, their personal tributes, and I, I'm struggling to find the word right now, but someone described him as uh, flirty or something like that, and it's true. If you read his emails, he he had a way with words. He he was very 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 personable, and. You know, if, if someone sent a picture in that uh, was an attractive man, he would say, you know, I, I'm going to hang that one up on my wall, you know, and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and th- that was his first people. That's what people really liked about him, you know. Uh-huh. So and I got to tell you, I'm a married man, so I do not uh, write back the way Stephen <laughs> wrote back <laughs> to people. But, uh, but yes, I, in terms of the pressure, I don't, I'm not going to say it's pressure. I just feel like I, I am not even going to try to be him or to or to to have the same level of of relationships that he had. I'm obviously, it's something we strive for. Uh, you know, it's great if it happens, but I'm not. I'm not. When I write an email, when Andre writes an email, we're not trying to be him. Yeah. If that makes sense to you, we're we're mm-hmm, just trying to mm-hmm. we're just trying to make sure they they know that we are keeping this alive. And I have to tell you, we have gotten hundreds hundreds of responses back, either by email or social media, and it's been a hundred percent positive. We haven't we have yet to receive a negative comment about either oh, yeah. the project or what we're doing with it. And um, and pe- but mostly people said that you know they're just so happy that someone is doing this. You know, and mm-hmm. I, and going back to you know the whole subject of, of white and black, and the fact that I'm that I'm white and Stephen was white. You know, if it got to the point where someone really challenged me on that in my role as as taking over the project uh, to keep it going for Stephen, I would ultimately have to say, if you know someone, either yourself or someone else, who's willing to do it, by all means, we welcome the help. Yeah. But I think Andre and I decided that if no one else was going to do it that we were going to do it. And I think we, we took ownership of it. And I, I think that we have to move forward that way as well. You know, if, if we don't do it, who will? And I think Stephen would be relieved that anyone would have done it. Um, and no less two people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In fact, we invite anybody who'd like to help out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, we'll talk offline. We'll talk offline. You know, one of the things, too, because he was free, I remember him telling me a story about about somebody, you know, who and, and peeking through and looking at it, and I'm going like, look, are you rascal? <laughs> but it was cute. But it was, but it was like, it was just like real, you know. It was like yeah, really it real. real. I found the quote, by the way. The person wrote of, of Stephen, intelligent, passionate, and a wee bit naughty. That was it. That was it. <laughs> hey, that, that was that was it. But but you know what? That that's what made it always fun, like to talk to him. Okay, um, yeah, that always made it fun to talk to him. But um, I think that especially you know, and, and again, I'm putting it back on the face here, okay. <laughs> Mr. Guest. <laughs> okay, I mean, here I am. Because when you heard all of these things, because there was, and I'll tell you just from personally. There was that thing that I, you know, as I was thinking about the birthday coming up and I was thinking about wanting to do something about about missing that conversation. And like I said, when when he passed and I was talking to Tim, um, he was like, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, it's like that uncle that you miss, you oh, know. Yeah. 
that, that uncle that you miss. And so do you ever, like you said, have someone who say, you know, oh, be sure and, and tell this story about him or, or you know, are you going to include this in on the website? Do you have people like coming to you with those kind of, of personal things and, and also putting that, that level of like, you know, just like that favorite uncle, but Andre, you know, Mm-hmm. Show them right, you know. Show oh, yeah, that make sure you do them right. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, there's, yeah, mm-hmm. there's that pressure, that pressure there to make sure you do them right. But yeah, definitely, there's a lot of people who have been coming forward and who have, you know, I think the best way to describe it is that there are so many people who have small pieces of Stephen, and they've been contributed where those pieces make, you know, have put the puzzle together uh, where you get the whole chapter. Actually, not even a puzzle. A lot of people have, you know, chapters of his life and come together. It's this it's, it's wonderful book, you know, and, and people like Terry and such who, you know, fill in the blanks of who Stephen was. So there's that, that also that that responsibility to even do right, you know, through his many relationships with people in the community, and so yeah, it's definitely an open, um, uh, open uh, dialogue with other people, and to know that, you know, um, you know, we welcome those additional information. And as Mark was saying, even as we get near, you know, Stephen's birthday, is you know, including those voices to make sure that we also include those that part of his life. So yeah, I know what you mean about you know, if you're gonna do something, do it right. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to tell it, make sure you tell it right, mm-hmm. you know. And I know that uh, with the people in this life and the people that we've been in contact with, they're going to hold us to that. So that's so that's the added pressure, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we need, though. Uh-huh. Which we need, though, because you you want to you know, you, you want to make sure that you have somebody who holds you, you know, and making sure that you are doing it right and and, and you're telling it right, you know, because that's definitely the way Stephen had wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So, well, we're we're celebrating his birthday. I mean, I know it's been a year. You know, we we in August since he's passed. Do you see what you know? I know you're talking about republic. You know, making the book available. What other things are you looking at doing as far as celebrating his life? And what are the next steps with the project? Well, we mentioned the, the the book and and possibly partnering with um, with uh, some type of institution that could uh, you know could help us out. We also we have we have a couple of conversations going right now with organizations in the country that yeah. reached out to us and are interested in teaming up with us for their Black History Month celebrations mm-hmm. um, and how and we're figuring out ways to incorporate the project and Stephen's memory into those celebrations on a national level, which is which is really exciting. So we're looking to do that. Um, you know, th- I think those are the two big things that Stephen wanted uh, to be to see done. The, the big question for, for us, quite honestly, is where does our role end? Um, and, I, and I say that not in a kind of like a doomsday thing, but, but you know, it, it gets to the point where eventually we have to figure out, you know, um, how does the project live on beyond us? Um, and, and one of the things that we struggle with, obviously, is, you know, you, Michelle, and I, and Andre may have a certain uh, idea of what it means to be a, an honoree. Uh, you know, we we know people, and you know, people have influenced our lives. We're, we're a little bit older, so. But you know, there's a whole subset of younger 
social yeah. media stars, you know, people who people who communicate through social media that are well known in social media circles, maybe not necessarily well known to us, but they're just as relevant to the community. They're just as powerful. Their, their words mean something that people follow them by the tens of thousands. So we have to kind of decide, okay, so if we start going into that area, you know, that's going to open up maybe, you know, dozens more biographies. And then where do we draw the line? But so it's a, it's a constant reevaluating of what is current, who who should be in in the project, and what are those like you mentioned before? What are those qualifications or what are those uh, guidelines that we have to follow? And you could see this going on and on and on and on. I'm sure Stephen did too. But eventually, you get to the point whether it's in his case health or in our case any other number of reasons. You know, where, ultimately, where do we go with this? And I think that's going to be our challenge moving forward. Yeah. And how do we create that platform that we can pass that torch, mm -hmm. you know, so that people don't run away from it. Instead, they run to embrace it. Right. Mm -hmm. Have you, you know, because, you know, when, when I stop and I think about it, you know, have you thought on ways that, um, how, how then do you bring in that, that next generation? How do yep. you identify yeah. the next person in this relay race that you're going to pass the baton to? Have you mm -hmm. sort of like started to think about that? Um, Right now, I know that you guys are, are the two of you are doing it. Um, are you a, th thinking about expanding even like for, and I hate the word, but, but like a committee of people who can sort of like if you said, okay, we're looking at doing it this way. I mean, are there people who are around who say, you know, we don't want to take on all what you guys are doing, but we're willing to pick up a little piece? Is that something that you're looking at doing? I mean, the one thing I always joke with Andre about is if let's get when we get to June 19th of 2018, we're going to be thrilled because that means we got through 364 days of, of catching up on the project. And then once we hit the year mark, then we can start evaluating what you're talking about. Uh, give you an example. I mean, I would not be opposed to any any idea, but you know maybe this project is becomes an award. Maybe it's something that you know uh, there are inductees uh, into into the project uh, every I don't know month or year or whatever is decided. Maybe that's the way it's done, and there are categories like you know best um, not best, but you know a person who is an up and, up and coming person, or you know a, a person who has contributed a lifetime of uh, maybe this is a special award for a lifetime achievement award. So I, I could see it going any number of ways and that's where I think it's important that we hopefully will identify eventually some type of organization or institute that can can kind of help us in that area um, so I mean quite honestly if you're asking us do we see ourselves me and Andre and I and Andre is much older than I am but oh. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding by the way I'm kidding but no I'm kidding of course no I, I mean do, do, do Andre and I see ourselves like you know hanging out at the uh, at the at the, uh, at the assisted living facility <laughs> No, updating the site. No, we don't. I mean, obviously, obviously not. But um, but so we have to really think about that. And it's, and you know, we're three months in, and right now our number one priority is just getting through the first twelve months. And then once we get the project updated and where it should be, then we can start thinking about some other avenues to explore. And the great thing, though, is that we have a lot of time to start building those those um, questions in, so that you know it's not a case where. You know, okay, we done, we done all that we can, but it's about building those relationships so that, you know, whether it's connecting with, you know, universities, you know, to carry on, or places like organizations like what the Schomburg is doing, 
you know, how they're archiving um, LGBT uh, people's color lives. You know, those are just examples of, you know, finding ways so that whatever, you know, for whatever form it happens of carrying on, it doesn't just die. You know, yeah. and Andre, when when you and I visit Mark in the assisted living, okay, you know, <laughs> you know, we'll be sure and take batteries for his hearing aids. You know, you know, you bring the Jello, and I'll bring like the, the hearing aid batteries. <laughs> oh, uh, gentlemen, I have so enjoyed talking with both of you, and you know, sharing these these memories of not only the person but the work of Stephen. Um, I am I thank you for allowing giving me an opportunity to fulfill my promise to him by uh submitting my biography finally, you know. Yeah, we got it. We got you. It's up yeah. there. <laughs> and I appreciate that. But um again I wanna thank you both. Um just as, you know, he would ask me, and I would share things with him. Please, I mean, if you, if I can be of any assistance, please contact me. We will keep this going, and also keep this conversation going. Yep. Because next June we're having a party. You okay. know, <laughs> we're, we're having a party. We're gonna pop that that champagne and say, "Hey, three sixty-five." You know. Yes, we did it. Yes. We'll bring a chair for Mark to sit in. And Michelle, real quickly. And Michelle, real quickly, if I could, just uh, if people can go to the website. It's UbuntuBiographyProject.com. That's U-B-U-N-T-U, BiographyProject.com. And on there, you can obviously see the tributes to Stephen. You can see all the current biographies that we have. But also, there's a, a link on there you can click to submit your own story for consideration. Uh, and I have a question. The book, was it? Is it something that's already been published? No. Is it? Okay, no, so... He was actually in conversations with a few people about actually publishing it. It hasn't been written, um, and it has not been uh, – it's, it's not at a stage where it's even, uh, it, you know, in, in progress at this point. It would be an entirely new project for us to take on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's something that we, we, we'll talk about offline, too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, gentlemen, I want to thank you um, again Happy birthday, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I know you're watching us, and you know, oh, yeah. and, and, and we're going to do you proud, you know. We sure are. We're going to do you proud. And thank you, but, Michelle, for giving us this platform. Yes, thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you both for being with me. And you know what? We're friends now. Yes, we are. Absolutely, yep, you hey, see. Hey, we're buds now. I'm not, cro- <laughs> I'm not crocheting the Afghans for elders anymore. Uh, 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 okay. I, worked, I worked through that, but you know, <laughs> if ever I do, Mark, you've got one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm old, so I, I, I do need one. I do need one. <laughs> okay, guys, have a great weekend. Thank you again. All Thank right, you, Michelle. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay, good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, we've reached the end of another episode of Collections by Michelle Brown. I hope you enjoyed hearing our remembrances of Stephen. And you'll go to the Ubuntu Project and read some of these amazing biographies. Um, Like I said, he was doing it for years. He had 500. They're adding to it. Um, Great collection of our history. Go to the page. Submit yours. All of our stories matter because they tell our collective story. 
I want to thank you, my listening audience, for joining me each week here on Collections by Michelle Brown. You can listen to the show by following the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitchers, or SoundCloud. That's all for today. Join me next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change, right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you and good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.